The reputation economy is here. The world today needs more genuine, credible experts and leaders to stand up and share their experience, their wisdom, their stories and ideas. Are you in? Alrighty, welcome back to the Reputation Revolution. This is the podcast, the professional personal branding podcast, where we're, this is the podcast if you want to know anything about the reputation economy and positioning yourself for all the benefits and advantages and opportunities that come with being a leading player in the reputation economy with having a profile. Um, this is the first episode back for season number six so it's episode 221 we thought we'd kick off with a bang and i've got not one but two guests two very super suave and super smart gentlemen in uh, on in the studio today i'll let them tell their little bit of their story and who they are and what they are do but i'll introduce them we've got sam osborne who's one of the top branding experts in australia and we have brendan keogh Brendan's a little bit of a chameleon. He's a marketing guy. He's a branding guy. He's an audio engineer and uh, he's a ghostwriter. So I'll let him tell that little bit of a story too. Welcome, gentlemen. Great Thank to you, Trev. Sam, you have been in the branding game for how long? You've worked with some of the biggest branding companies, uh, as in consultancies and major companies as well, uh, major brands as clients. Walk us through... Uh, a little bit of that history and then where you are today. What are you doing today? Sure. Uh, look, I started life uh, on the client side and then went to the consulting side through brand management uh, ooh, 25 years ago. So my, I'm actually not as old as I look, um, but I've been uh, around uh, brands, brand strategy, brand design, and my current business called Branded, B-R-N-D-E-D, uh, is around purpose-driven brands. And uh, I've been around the traps for a little while. So I've taken all that knowledge from big agencies and now work with experts uh, like you guys uh, to do the consulting thing um, with brands that uh, are driven by purpose. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, welcome. And uh, Brendan? Yeah, hello, Trevor, Sam. Um, so I, I guess my career could be summed up as a frustrated rock star. Um, I you know, um, was in bands and loved that. There was always always going to be a global hit. Um, did marketing as a thing on the side, but grew to love that and spent 10 years uh, doing marketing, a lot of financial services firms. Uh, stumbled into ghostwriting. I ended up writing a, a ghostwriting a book for a, a friend and um, – that just sparked a love. I realised um, from then that um, you know I just loved creating, uh, you know, just as much as the strategy of selling. So um, since then, I've yeah, um, focused a lot of my energies on content creation. Been freelancing for three years now. I was social distancing before, well before it was a thing. Um, out of my home, working from home, um, and yeah, just love content. And that's led to the, the frustrated rockstar thing, circling back led to uh, then producing a lot of audio books and podcasts for, for clients. So it's something I really do enjoy and love as a, a great way for people to get more use out of the great content or show more personality. Um, and, and you do tend to work with uh, thought leaders and professional experts as well. So yeah. um, because we're going to talk uh, today about uh, personal branding and brands in general, but with a skew towards personal branding. But just tell us how many... Uh, how many books have you ghost written and how many audio books have you now produced? 
I've ghost written five books and over 20 audiobooks. Um, wow. So, and it's got, you know, it uh, was a bit um, trying it out at the start, and um, but yeah, really got the process down pat. And, you know, we have one of the key things working with the authors that I do. I, you know, yes, they have to have, they're generally thought leaders because they've written a book, they want to voice it. We're not getting voice actors in here to do it. It's the author themselves. It's an opportunity yeah. to really for, for potential clients um, or keynote speaker guests to get a real sense of what they're like, just so much more than you can from the page. So that's, yep. um, you know, that's, that's a great, great part of it. And, um, yeah, just helping them have fun and enjoy the process. So it's, it's a good little, yeah, it's a, it's a great chance. Gentlemen, one question I get asked a lot given that, you know, I, I work with a lot of people who are building their, their brand, their professional brand, but one question that comes up is, should I promote my, and and I'll take it back a step, mostly people who are maybe running their own business uh, or a senior in a, in a bigger business, senior executive or senior leader, which one, which brands first, personal brand or business brand? I'm going to create content. I'm going to be on social. I'm going to be doing all of these things. I'm, I'm okay with that. But where do I place my emphasis, personal brand or the business brand? And so I want to unpack that. We're going to get it more into just branding generally. But um, given your background, Sam, I'd love to hear your take on brands. When when someone asks you what what is a brand then, hey, it's a logo, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, please, please. Yeah. Um, thanks, Trev, and looking forward to Brandon's response too. Uh, but essentially, I always talk about a brand being who you are and what you stand for. Um, you know, brands are like people, they have values, they have personality, and more and more, uh, I, I guess, important is uh, your, your, uh, your why. And whether you're a business or a personal brand, it's, it's why you're here uh, that's important and people will buy, obviously, your point of difference. But if your why is connected to what they're thinking, then it doesn't matter whether you start with business or personal branding uh, it's the same process. And I guess it really depends on where you're at in your uh, career, whether you're wanting to establish a personal brand or you're building a business brand and then spinning out. I guess uh, that's there are different ways of approaching it. So it doesn't start with one or the other, but the process is branding nonetheless. Yeah, I'm going to come back to you. Uh, to answer that question. So thanks for your take on brands. Um, Brendan, what's yours? Uh, yeah, in terms of um, what comes first, it is a bit chicken or egg. Um, I think it depends your, on your situation. Um, a lot of the thought leaders I work with are solopreneurs or the business is built around them. So by necessity, their personal brand is at the fore. Um, but generally having a business brand just again increases their credibility uh, the, the, the the business becomes broader than them so they are still the front person to have to be front and center in a lot of the activities there they're, they're bringing clients through the door so their their personal brand is critical but that business brand just gives a greater weight um, also enables them to not have to be involved in everything they can position the team so that part of things um, do we want to talk about um, the 
you know, the broader definition of brand? Well, I, I, I'm always interested in people's definitions because, um, you know, pe- often people see it in different ways, even though they're, mm. they're all in marketing, they, they often see them in, 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 with different uh, lenses on. What's, what's your take on brand? Oh, look, I, I'll um, reference um, Brett Rutledge, who's a client who I was fortunate enough to work mm. on his ebook, um, the uh, the language of identity, and um, so Brett's a, bris- a business linguist, which is he's a pretty interesting cat. Um, so he first thing he does is go back to the etymology of a word. You know, he talks about understanding a word, truly understanding the meaning before we just using words willy nilly as we just generally do. Um, and if you could take, go way back to the origins of brand, back to the ancient Egyptians. And I, apologies, Brett, for paraphrasing here. So, you know, write in if I've got something wrong. But just to paraphrase in general, you know, that, yeah, the ancient Egyptians, it was brand meant the mark, marking with wood fired tools on, on, the, on a cow to signify ownership. The um, 1800s, you know, that's where we started using the actual mm. brand. And the brand referred to the tool to use the to make the mark on on property, whether that was livestock or pottery yep. or whatever. And then that brand became um, to signify the craftsmanship, you know, location or or the, the person who made it or, yeah, the area that was known for, for that type of pottery. So then we started to ascribe um, different uh, traits of value or quality to this, this symbol. Um, so, you know, um, I guess the... the the important thing and interesting thing I think Brett touches on is brand versus identity, brand being a subset of identity. Touching on what you said, Sam, exactly that it's about you know being yourself and being authentic. Um, identity is the totality of who you are, the warts and all everything, and brand is the parts that we choose to show the world. But it's got to be authentic. I think authentic that's a, that's a great uh, history, and I use that also. But I start off with the uh, Texans and them branding their own cows. But you're right, it goes back in history. But it not only is it an identifier in the first mm. place and a sign of quality or value, now it is a central organising principle. So when you get your brand right, you, it's not about outward in, it's about inward out. And I think that you know plays true with mm. uh, personal branding also. Exactly right. That's the that's the key part when you think of it of, of of it's a subset of identity. So therefore, identity is the key, and we can. It's pretty easy to to think about personal branding when you start talking yeah. in terms of identity. Who am I? What do I stand for? Um, and so therefore, that's when you can really get that greater sense. It just and it it makes perfect sense. We're not going to you know, Trevor, to use your term, open the kimono and just show everyone exactly what goes on or what our personal life is like. Um, you know, we, we, we put forward the professional side or, or elements and there's certain things we want to hold private or that, that aren't appropriate or relevant. Or, so um, it's about, yeah, we put, brand is the parts that we choose yeah. to put forward. Brand can change and identity is something that doesn't change, it yeah. evolves. And so, you know, if, if you know, and a lot of the brand problems or confusion that people have is because they haven't got their identity well, that's right. I mean, the way I look at it, I, I almost go back a step and say, well, however people experience you, whether it's, uh, I'm talking about the personal branding, but, but of course it works with um, business brand both ways, but how do they experience you from listening to this 
to, to me or you on the podcast uh, to seeing what we put up on Instagram or how we tweet or whether we're being quoted in something or whether we've, you know, um, come to do a talk to their university or whatever it is, any of those touch points. Um, and today we have hundreds of touch points. Um, you know, that's that's people people's collective experience of having to come in contact with you that is your brand so you have one whether you like it or not so which always to me begs the questions why wouldn't you want to influence that so i for me the art of branding then is to try and influence in a genuine in an authentic way um how people perceive you across all of those touch points so if you're going to be um, and I remember the early days of, I've been around long enough to remember the early days of blogging and there were people who were quite snarky bloggers. They were full on in your face. But when you met them, they were like a meek and mild, like a mouse. And the disconnect was actually quite jarring. And to me, that's when you lose trust is when when you're different across all the channels and people experience you in real life as opposed to what they've seen on TV. Um, what, what's that saying? No, never meet your heroes. You'll always be disappointed <laughs> uh, because that, that comes down to they're, they're not consistent across TV than they are in real life. Uh, boys, if I can uh, just add, add to that, and uh, it, it is around identity, and we can talk about this further in a moment, but brands are like people, values and personality. When you define those as a brand, as a business or a personal brand, you've got to be genuine. So you're taking that identity you're um, defining those values and, and personality traits that are genuine and believable, um, and that enables you to build that trust, but it's got to be real, and um, you, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, otherwise, you're schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. You've got values that say one thing and a personality that behaves in a different way, and all, all of a sudden, you've lost people. So um, values, personality, and as I opened up with this understanding of why you're here uh, and what your purpose and point of difference is, they're the three ingredients, um, you know, at the high level. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, they're all really powerful. And, um, you know, this is an opportunity to showcase, uh, you know, what are you trying to achieve? So it's an opportunity to showcase what you like to work with or what you like on, on stage if you're trying to get on stage or whatever it is your business objective is. And if there is that disconnect, if people do meet you in real life or start to work with you and it's, there is that jarring, then it, that's when trust is totally yeah. eroded. So, um, yeah, it's important to be true to who you are, know who that is first, and uh, put it, making sure you're conveying that to the community. We're having un- an understanding of the key messages so that you're always going to be staying Absolutely. on the right track um, when you are yeah. communicating. Sam, um, what, what would you say to people? I mean, the branding is a mark, part of the marketing lexicon. Like any word in the marketing lexicon, it's been bastardized with an inch of its life. Uh, even words like thought leadership, <laughs> uh, the marketing industry has taken it up, taken it on board and smashed it. You can understand people being uh, there's two two classes. One is the people who hate the idea of personal branding, don't believe in it, that side of things, but. What do you say to people who are non-believers about 
having a strong personal, a strong, visible, and authentic personal brand. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a late comer to the scene, and I'm 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 going to speaking going to be speaking with you, Brendan, about uh, ghostwriting my book. Especially, if you've got a farm, I can stay at over overnight mm. over the weekend. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm that old that uh, you know I started talking about Richard Branson. Uh, and uh, Steve Jobs, and uh, I'm that old that um, uh, that they were even these days. I guess Apple was talked about, and I guess what's interesting about those guys is that they um, imparted their values and personality into those brands, those business brands. And now we're finding that personal branding is really um, a starting point for a lot of entrepreneurs, and and so it should be. But I, I, I still, um, because I'm still in the business of creating brands that with, with meaning uh, for, for commercial organisations, I'm not quite there, but I, I know how important it is, depending on your business category, your brand, your personality. Um, but it's, it's, it's very important um, that the, there's alignment between the individual and the organisation because, as I used to say, 15, 20 years ago, when those guys fall off the perch, Steve Jobs has, Richard Branson is still with us, um, those brands live on well beyond the, the mortal life. And I think if you want to leave a legacy, then uh, it's kind of handy to have that, that business as a legacy, that business brand as a legacy. But what do you say then to for you know going back to that original theme of of the of the the episode about personal brand versus business brand? There's a lot of um, I only I only just today it arrived today. I ordered it about months and months ago, and it was surprising. I forgot that I'd ordered it, but it's a it's a book by Elaine Pofeld, and it's called Tiny Business, Big Money, and it's about people who are running very quickly. I haven't read it. yet. He just got it today, but it's she does a lot of research in in you know one person or very micro businesses who are making a million bucks, right? So who are very profitable. Um, a lot of those types of businesses today are off the are the person's brand. They might not nec- They might have a a podcast. They probably have got a podcast or a blog. They might have a media sub brand, or they might have some products. Uh, for myself, I'm creating a new business called uh, the Credible Authority Academy. I'm still going to be part of it. Um, I'm still going to be all over it. So in that regard, it's a business. It's a serious business. It's potentially a seven, not mine necessarily, but this is, you know, the businesses people are running, they're potentially seven or eight-figure businesses, but the person is heavily involved with it. Does that... You know, once you go down that path and you become bigger than the business, that becomes an issue to wind that back, doesn't wind it? Wind what back? Well, if you if you're so well known and then you build the business, uh, a totally different name, and then you know you don't want anything to do with it. If you're too connected with that, is that a problem? Brenda, do you want to answer that first? You're much closer to the, the personal branding. Yeah, side. well. Look, I, I think you know there's there's some there's risks if you you know and again it just start depends on how you start if you start off as your personal brand and build up this enterprise and then yeah you are hamstrung by that name if you want to if you want to sell it and exit and unless it's it's the the attributes are so imbued I mean it might be like an Adidas or something you know which which was founded by a person um, and but 
it lives on. And so, you know, it's it's not depends on if it's the actual name or it's, you know, the actual person's and that. Like there's there's nuances to ways that you can make it um, outlive the the actual person who founded it. Um, but, yeah, where it's interesting is if you've got an existing business and people are looking to build their personal brand, their profile, which is a super, super smart and kind of base level business move these days in terms of giving you the opportunity to um, just reach more people, build deeper relationships. People follow people. We know that. Um, so in terms of a, a social media following, there's no doubt people follow people within your company. I think that's a – sorry, it's just, Brendan. It's just a no I think that's a really interesting segue into what I guess answers uh, your questions, Trev, and that is – I'm doing some work in B2B at the moment. And when you look at LinkedIn lead gen and, and the importance of a personal human brand that then opens up opportunities to uh, do business with a uh, business to business, it all starts with an individual, their personality, not necessarily their brand, but, you know, they are trying to build reputation and it has to be, dare I say it, planned. It you know, it, it, it makes sense in business and in personal life. And when you reach out to other businesses to be personal and human, um, and I think that's really interesting because that creates opportunity not only to build business value, but to build personal brand value. Yeah, absolutely. And it it's a, it's a, can be a challenge, I think, for some businesses when uh, this this personal brand is, is, is evolving a bit could you know rival the actual brand or you know how much should you be promoting your personal brand versus go out there promoting our business brand um and so that um i think can cause some conflict but i think you know the ultimately the business benefits from that person unless as long as they're not off doing a side hustle as such um the 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 overall business benefits um, benefits and so you know i don't think there's any there should be any cap on on allowing people to build their personal brand. And you're seeing it more in you know, a lot of, um, you know, um, the professional services and accountants and things where um, traditionally conservative and stayed, but now, and lawyers, you know, they're out there um, a lot more, a lot more comfortable being proactive yeah. and, and selling themselves, you know, um, building up a personal brand because it's relationship building, you know, and, and what you're doing is setting it up so that when someone does come in the door, they already feel like, you know, they yeah. know you and, and that you're so far down the road of trust. So it's just a, such a smart business move and the progressive employers will understand that and that um, this is necessity and this is this is how people, you know, people from now on will be conducting themselves. In a I think there's a couple of ways to look at it and, and I think everyone's going to be different. I mean, if you are wanting to build something to sell, then you need a business brand. Like, it's pure. Yes. And you need to be able to walk away over a period of time, bring a team in to run it, and you can walk away and you can sell it. Now we see that 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 happens. But a lot of people have also, you know, they've been around the business, they've been around in the trenches, um, probably, you know, where this show's pitched to are people who are credible. I'll use the word credible a fair bit and incredible, of course. Um, um, but they've they've got the runs on the board and they've been around for 20 or 30 years and they now rethinking, well, I don't want to be in corporate. I'm going to run my own, you know, you can basically run your own consulting, advisory firm, coaching, mentoring, um, education, 
um, teaching, all sorts of things that we can do today and it's a lot easier to, to do today than it used to be many years back. You could always do consulting, but, you know, you probably wouldn't do it from home or, you know, in, you know, in Bali, from Bali or wherever. Now you can do it anywhere. So the dynamic of what is a business today has really changed. So there are people that I want to run the business around me um, that they don't really need a company. I've got a company name called Influence and Impact, but only the only people see that it's on their receipts and invoices. Uh, I'm not out pushing that name because I don't need another name to push. Um, I'll have the Credible Authority Academy, which is my training organisation. That will be my brand, my sub-brand. So <clears throat> Brian Clark, who um, a lot of listeners will remember, who's uh, one of the founders of, uh, well, he was the founder of Copyblogger, which was one of the preeminent blogs in the early days, still is a very, very good blog around content marketing. Um, he built that, built a massive audience. He's not, he's, I've seen, I've read him talk about in the past that he's not a big one on personal branding. Uh, his name naturally gets out there because he's the founder um, and he gets interviewed a lot because he's a founder of a successful business. But then he brought on partners um, they created a thing called uh, Studio Press, which were WordPress themes. He's and then another platform called Rainmaker. Uh, he he built an audience, worked out what the audience wants, and then delivered them under brands. Now he sold. I think he, he sold Copyblogger and bought it back. He sold Rainmaker, so he's built built eight eight figure businesses, sold them, and, continue and continues to go out and create. He's got new businesses now, so. He, his name is just synonymous with it, but he doesn't necessarily go out and push that at that expense. He pushes the businesses. So that's a classic example of someone who's pro. He's got a personal brand. He's got a reputation par excellence, right? So he's got that, but he's got different businesses that are running and they're almost like media brands. So I don't mind that one as well. I think that, but he knows that he wants to build them to sell. I was just about to say that's a, a, a bit like uh, restaurateurs and that behind this new restaurant that everyone's going to and buying is such and such family uh, and then they've built another one and another one and they're different stories but they own those restaurants as businesses um, but they've got their reputation that they're developing at the same time. Well, we've used reputation. What's your take on the difference between reputation and brand? I know there's a lot of blurring of the lines, but we are on the Reputation Revolution podcast. And reputation of the same uh, beast, I guess. I would think that reputation is an outcome from managing your brand well um, and executing it well. Yeah. Have you got a take on it, Brendan? And I'd come back to identity, you know. So, again, looking at brand as that subset of identity, the parts we want to show the world and, you know, our, our reputation is definitely bound up in um, how, we, who, how we are, how we operate, you know, how true we are to our values, um, our purpose, et cetera, that Sam touched on earlier. So, yeah, there, there's definite uh, – it, it's very heavily bound up in, in the yeah, they brand. Are. And so if we take that one further, so if we look at, you know, go back to that, that theme of business brand versus personal brand. Um, so if you were going to build a business, now I, I've, I've got a client who's uh, a lawyer and he's got a small business of five, six people. A lot of people run 
you know, agencies and businesses of, and firms and consulting firms of that size. Um, but they're the, still the front of it. They're the ones on radio or doing the podcast or writing blogs. Now, some of their team might write blogs and, and do speaking, as is the case with my client. Um, but he's, he's still the face of it. Um, and that, to me, makes a lot of sense. I guess the only thing then is people want, this is where the danger comes in, is they always want him to do all the work and he's just one part of the business, there is a team. So there's a bit of operational stuff there that, yes, I'm the front and you'll get to meet me, but I won't do all the work. It, um, it's, a, it's the perfect way. you get, And then you've got two opportunities to reach people through the business brand and through your yeah. personal channels. So depending on where your audience are, how they can learn about you or get interact with you, um, you can reach them both ways. Um, and exactly, you know, that person is the, the rainmaker bringing in the, the clients, um, position the service offering, and this is what we're going to do. And now I'll hand you over to my colleague. So you, you position the people in your team. So, so I think that's, um, you know, a, a, a really smart way to go. I just in terms, of, I, I think a lot of people, you know, it, it's great to think about selling a business, but probably a lot, the, the business, a lot of the thought leaders that I deal with, the business is so tied up in that right. person, even though it's yeah. a branded name. It's hard to sell. So it's not so much for that, but I just like that value of being able to be a little bit arm's length um, and you know, still have uh, the opportunity to push both brands. I'd like to pick up on your point, Brendan, and I did some work with Zaparis, which is a family law firm, personal injury. There are five members of the family. They were all original partners. So it's a name uh, that they were the partners. The problem became now they're a, a, a national business with about 45 partners and they were saying, we love being part of this family thing you've got going, but I'm a serious partner here. Um, I'm ex Slater and Gordon. I do this, I do that. So while I love the family feel, the people are buying into the Zaparis positioning brand, not just the principals and the owners of the business. So that kind of works against... Um, well, it doesn't work against anything. They've got a strong brand name personally, but also they've increasingly got a, a brand that's broadening uh, and, and, and growing its, its uh, revenue through this idea of uh, deeper understanding, deeper understanding of the law uh, and deeper understanding of personal situations because that then extends the life of that business way beyond uh, the Zaparis family. So with the, I think the other thing to do when, um, and I've worked with a number of firms, whether they're, you know, law, accounting, management, consulting, uh, ad agencies, etc., and a lot of them are, are basically multiple businesses, aren't they? They've got multiple practices under the one brand um, or multiple teams. What do you say to, and, 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 a progressive firm will say, no, I want my experts out there. My lead practice leads should be out there building their thought leadership positioning in the marketplace, building their visibility and bringing their team along who are experts as well um, because they got to, that, that, their practice is basically the business. Um, Absolutely. And, and, you know, we see that happen quite a lot now where someone is in a big practice but they run the... Um, personal injury practice or whatever the, the you know the commercial litigation practice or whatever it is 
But you also get companies, and I'll say companies generally, but it's usually where the the people are experts, um, that, oh, I don't want to promote any of my, you know, uh, senior executives and lawyers or accountants or whatever. You know, they, they build their personal brand and they leave. Yeah, right. And they take their clients with them. Apparently. But it's such a small-minded, it's such a small-minded approach, isn't it? But one other aspect of it is, um, you know, even if it is a brand, it can have, uh, you know, be, be, have the, be driven by strong personal brands that are driving it, that are owners, founders, what have you. Um, they're not going to resonate. That personality of that founder is not going to resonate with every type of client. Um, they could be a bit over the top or, you know, be, you know, whatever it might be. So that's where it's, it's, it's imperative that your, your principles are out there um, showcasing themselves because that just gives you a broader uh, range of personalities and styles that, to appeal to a wider audience. Unless you're super narrow cast mm-hmm. and you're only going for angry, you know, tradies or something <laughs> like that, you know, you, you want to be able to be a bit broad and, and, um, and, and that's just different styles suit different people. I might not really connect with the, um, the principal, the, the rock star. Uh, they might be fantastic talent, but, I'll, you know, it might be a bit over the top for me. But this person, I feel like I can connect a bit better because I'm pretty conservative. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll actually work with this guy. I think that's a really good point. Uh, and the other thing is that um, when firms are expanding, uh, I think that's important because days have gone where individuals or businesses want to talk to the one and only principal. They're, you know, because of those, there's, there's a, you know, different people, uh, different strokes for different folks. And you don't have to have CEO in the name to necessarily get a meeting with a CEO. That cha- that's changed in the 20 years I've been in business and, and it's worked for me uh, as a, you know, an elder. Uh, but in the younger, in the old, uh, old days when I was much younger, you had to have the principal with you to actually get in the door. Or you know, so as you develop your own, uh, I guess, expertise, your own reputation, um, you can work with in a firm and a brand um, because you're a different personality or you've got a different expertise, as, as Trev was talking about. Mm. And as an extreme example too of, of touching on what Trevor was t- uh, mentioning earlier of. Um, you know, if you fly Virgin, you don't expect Branson to be flying a plane or taking tickets, checking in. You know, so so yeah, it, it's you, you understand that I'm going, I'm here because of the values, the personality of of this overall brand that's been imbued by some figurehead. Um, but yeah, the, the the you know the I'm going to be dealing with other people, so you know it's not it doesn't have to be that person show all the time, um, and it's a, it is a bit of a balance for some. Of, of the rock star types to um, step back a bit, bring their people in um, because it's about, yeah, be, freeing them up to do what they do best, which is being in front of, of audiences, connecting, um, engaging um, and, and, and in getting people to notice the brand and come check it out. I think um, someone who's managed to do it well and he's in the industry, but uh, if you look at someone like Gary Vaynerchuk and, his name became extremely big, as we know. Um, he originally was with um, his dad's business, Wine Library, um, and then he created Wine Library TV, which was a blog, and that's what kicked him off. But he was the one on the front. It was maybe in the Wine Library um, video show or YouTube show, but he was the one presenting, and that works. that works okay because he's there to 
sell the business and sell its products and stuff like that. But as he got bigger and bigger, he's, you know, they don't get much bigger in a lot of that space in that sort of hustle culture, entrepreneurship. He's pretty damn big in that regard. So when he sets, the fact of the matter is, and this, this is a really key lesson here, when he, by the time he set up his own agency, his name was off the charts. It was huge. And so he set up the agency, which is called Vayner Media. So at least a lot of the, his names of his businesses are tailing off his his name. Um, he, he founded it with his brother, uh, also of the same surname. But that start, that business started on fire. Like it was, it may as well have been ten years down the track. It was started with clients. It started with revenue. It started with momentum. It started with recruitment, with talent, because the talent all wanted to work with him. Now, everyone knew that he wasn't going to be on the accounts. Sure, he may have been there to pitch and be in there and press the flesh, but no one expects Gary Vaynerchuk to be on their account personally on the tools. So that's a great example of someone who's built the name it came out of a small business. He's built it into the stratosphere to the point where, you know, Gary V, everyone knows Gary V. And and then he write, does the businesses off the back of that. So from that respect, his name is gold. It's the one that drives everything. Now, one day he'll sell VaynerMedia, no doubt, and he'll be able to extricate himself easily from that. He's built his brand, personal brand into the stratosphere and any company that he associates with or starts, and he's got numerous of them, benefits from his halo effect. So from me, I think the personal brand first, and the, it gives the halo effect for a business or multiple businesses. Trevor, just to touch back on Gary Vee, I mean, he's a legend. He's uh, so magnetic in, in his delivery and ideas and he's, yeah, the way he goes about it. And interesting how he started with a business brand, then built his personal Technically, you could say he's built a business brand after that, but it's still his name, you know, and he's still so intrinsically linked to it. But the key for him, he's, uh, you know, he was one of the, I won't say one of the first, but he was very early in just hammering um, a a senior person, a key person delivering content all the way through, content, content, and um, trying new platforms, doing new things. I mean, uh, I I find um, almost some clients I'd almost say – hide behind a business brand because they don't want to um, – and f- there's no judgment, just that this, this is what it is, that they f- feel like there's too much work um, in terms of doing uh, – and social media is probably the, the main yeah. way people think of building their personal brand. Too much work is a lot of effort to do that and, um, you know, interacting with people one-on-one, like it's, it's very, very difficult to do for, for busy people who are running big businesses. But he, he can do it. So – um, he's an inspiration in that way and just, you know, changes the rules, I guess, for a lot of people and shows that it's doable. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, just it's an absolute wonderful example of what you can achieve with your personal brand. Now, I'm just kind of conscious of time and wanting to round up here, folks. So I think the answer really is it, it, you really need to know what you want to be doing. So I think number one is, The personal brand, yes, across the board. If you're running a business, if you're a CEO and a leader, you need to be out there anyway. You've got your personal brand, whether you like it or not. Um, People are interested. How many people who 
uh, big CEOs get a really big following once they decide to go out on LinkedIn, for example. But not everyone's a, a big CEO. Most people are probably running their own show. Um, they are the brand. Um, they, they might have a, a, you know, a business off it and they're wondering which to promote. I mean, personally, I'm probably more pro the personal brand first uh, then the business brand comes underneath. But, I mean, at the end of the day is, you know, you might, it, it's probably more today a collection of projects. And 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 I read a good article the other day about um, Seth Godin. He wrote in 2014, but still relevant. It was all his projects that he'd ever done. And he looks as businesses as projects. So he writes a, he writes a book, it's a project. He runs a business, it's a project. Um, so his career he's got a portfolio career and i think where things are headed now is people are going to have portfolio careers or they call them the slashes don't they they're a you know a consultant slash coach slash speaker slash you know educator slash something professor but i think if you're heading towards a portfolio career people if they want you to advise them to be an advisor to your startup they they want you on your board uh, they want you to be part of their nonprofit they want you to be an ambassador for their software product whatever it, that's externally they want to work with you then heck it's you the personal brand that's going to do that not not the business that you're with and so you are the business if you're going to have a portfolio career and you're all of those things. You are the business, whether you like it or not. So you really, you know, you need to to understand that dynamic. But you might have a podcast, which is it becomes its own brand. I mean, you know, I'm known as the PR Warrior. I didn't set that up. That was the name of my blog in 2007. It's still the name of my blog. Every time I go to get rid of the name, someone says they love it. Why are you getting rid of it? So, um, you know, if you Google PR Warrior, I'm going to come up all over the place. So that's a brand which I've never really used as a business, but it's just kind of like a tagline. But I, I think today we can create media brands and, um, and, and we can fall within that. And so that media, what we're seeing is the media brand itself, might be a podcast, for example, that then turns into the business. So I think we've just got to be really flexible with how we do it, but it does all come back down to your personal brand. If you're running a company and your brand's not out there, well, you know, do people want to work for you in the war for talent? Do people want to work for yeah. you? Yeah. You know, clients go to certain companies because of who's running that company. Perhaps the uh, the way to manage it, as as uh, brand theory would suggest, is you have a brand architecture. So understanding what those portfolios are under the master brand, and that might that master brand might be your business brand, or it could be your personal brand. But what's what's the way to navigate those different? Uh, portfolios or different brands in your portfolio that makes it easy to navigate and not confusing um, by having too many brands out there, uh, in which case you need to euthanize them from time to time. Well, you've I, at the risk of you know starting up another conversation towards the end. Can you just di dive a little bit deeper on brand architecture because a few people have probably fallen off their chairs and think, "What the hell is that?" Something else I need to is this marketing jargon or not? What's what's the go there? Explain it pretty quickly. Welcome to my client's world. Um, so brand architecture is very simply the relationship between a master brand and the other brands in the portfolio. 
marketing would suggest that the easiest way to build understanding and credibility and reputation is to invest in one single master brand um, and then maybe have different services or categories or verticals underneath that master brand, monolithic approach. His theory 101. But then there's the portfolio, the house of brands, where really the, the master brand is just a legal entity or an uh, investment entity um, and it's the brands underneath that are so powerful and that, um, you know, according to consumer goods, FMCG, they invest in those power brands because they're different. They're, they're meaningful. They do different things. There's no overlap. But um, it's about managing that portfolio, that brand architecture and being systematic about it um, so that you're being efficient in the way you go to market. I can give you a, a, a sort of an online marketing version of that. I was listening to a podcast uh, that uh, a guy called um, uh, Jay Klaus, and he was interviewing Nathan Barry, who was the founder of um, ConvertKit, which is one of the, the world's biggest email marketing um, uh, tools. And Nathan was talking about skyscraper versus strip mall, and that's the same thing kind of what you're talking right. about so so the the skyscraper is you put your efforts into one sort of brand and 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 that's what people buy that one thing where and it might have some sub brands off it but it's the master the master thing the strip mall is you, as a collection of products and services and companies and everything else underneath it that yeah. they're just they look they're a collection they're just like a mall and so you keep adding to them and usually you get that when you aren't exceptionally planned and I know that people I know that Jay had talked about this and he really started to think about it he started knocking off a lot of his products as a result because he'd just been adding to these too much overlap too many things too much overlap. gets out of control we just keep adding as we go and then has now started to bring everything under the, um, I think he calls it the creative companion. So that's an, I, I like the skyscraper, it's the same deal, um, the master brand sort of thing, but the skyscraper versus the strip mall, I think that's a, it's a really great way to, to look at it. But still, personal brand is right within that. So uh, any final Absolutely. comments there, uh, Brendan? Yes, Trevor, just um, on what you were talking about with thought leaders and that personal brand, um, you know, I encourage people to build that focus on your personal brand first. You definitely need a, a business brand is helpful supporting you to um, give you credence, position a team, so it's not all about you, all of those things, but you are the rock star. Go out there and let the business brand support you, not the other way around. Brand? Yeah, and well, I, I would say we need to be, we need to be agnostic about whether it's personal branding or business branding and do a needs analysis to understand what is the right thing to do based on the objectives of the client. Yeah, or as in the company or the person or the business. Well, the person who's either in the business or wants to develop a personal brand. But, um, yeah, I think the other thing to say is that there is so much potential for personal branding, but I don't think the business brand is dead yet either. No, I don't think the business brand's dead at all. I think um, I think the personal brand just, we live in a reputation economy. People are doing business with people. People want to do more business with people. The content is created by people. The interviews and the podcasts are done by people. Um, people follow people. So I, I, I'll stick with that. And then the halo effect that comes from that, uh, which that halo effect is, you know, could you could say that's your brand, that can help you start 
partnerships, sell products, build another business, build a software company, all of these things you can do off the back of the personal brand. And then if one of them takes off and it really goes, you I've, I've seen people swap over and do more with the business brand and try and pull themselves back. But conversely, I've seen others who have had a business brand, they become bigger than the brand because they're out speaking and everything. That becomes their meal ticket. And so, of course, that, you know, someone doesn't go, you know, to, you know, to a conference they go to see the, the the keynote speaker. Now, Sam will probably say the keynote speaker could be the the founder of a really great business brand, and that's what gives them the cachet. So, it's really it's there's a couple of ways to look at it. So, there's no really definitive. Uh, it's just where you sit and what you're going to achieve. Um, and if you're wanting to build a business, start it up, flog it off, then you need to be part of it but it needs not to be you, that's for sure. There aren't any rules, but perhaps one principle is ask what your why is and that will determine whether you should go in one direction or another. I'm not sure. Yep. We, we didn't even get into values. That's a whole segment on all on its own. Terrific. Um, gents, I think people should look you guys up on LinkedIn. Sure. Brendan Keogh and mm-hmm. Sam Osborne without the E on the end. Sam, uh, give us the spelling of your business, please. Branded.com.au, B-R-N-D-E-D. There are too many syllables in this world. <laughs> Sounds terrific. All right, mate. Um, And thank you, Brendan, for uh, being in this today. Thanks, Trev. See you, Brendan. Really enjoyed it, guys. Thank you very much. The reputation economy is here. The world today needs more genuine, credible experts and leaders to stand up and share their experience, their wisdom, their stories and ideas. Are you in? 